Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Shane Warne, that's absolutely exactly what the Australians needed. Amazing guy, extraordinary energy. I mean, the only consolation that I can come up with sitting here is that Ali gave this life a good crack. Well, bowling around his legs, beautiful bowling, superb control, Bow just lunging forward. His 80th wicket in 2005 for Shane Warne. In 2005, just epitomised what Shane Warne was. First ball in Test cricket in England for Shane Warne. And he's done it. He started off with the most beautiful delivery. Gatting has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. Kenny Palmer just gave him a raised eyebrow and a little nod. And that's all it needed. He didn't give any bad balls, and, and you know, but he kept it simple. He just had this amazing ability to be the most important person in any given moment. You're listening to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman, um, doing something I never thought I'd have to do, and that is bringing you a show where essentially we pay tribute to Shane Warne. Uh, we've all been absolutely floored by the news that came through. In the UK, just after two o'clock, that uh, the greatest that's ever played the game has gone. And um, and it's just uh, very difficult to put into words what that means. We're going to try, though, and we're going to bring to you now how TalkSport covered it uh, from the initial announcement with reaction from uh, former fellow teammates, competitors people who share the commentary box with Shane and essentially voices of some of the most well-known sports stars, cricket stars going as they came together on TalkSport to to mark the passing of an absolute great. So you'll be hearing from the likes of Bumble and Harmy and Nico and, um, and others in the next 20 minutes or so as we, as we pay tribute to Shane Warne. 
Shane Warne was widely regarded as one of the greatest cricketers of all time. A right-arm bowler who breathed new life into leg spin and made that bowling style an integral part of the modern game. Warne came to cricket relatively late in his teenage years and his relaxed manner, bleached hair, stud earring and fondness for surfing made him a folk hero among cricket fans around the world. In the 1993 Ashes series against England, Warne took 34 wickets in six tests. He will be remembered, best of all, for just one delivery. Bowled to England's Mike Gatting at Old Trafford and is regarded as the ball of the century. First ball in test cricket in England for Shane Warne. And he's done it. He started off with the most beautiful delivery. Gatting has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. The reason I stood there in amazement was because you didn't hear the ball hit the stumps because it didn't. It just flicked the bail off. It not only pitched in the right place and you didn't hear a thing apart from uh, after a little while, about uh, two or three seconds, Ian Healy offering me to leave the crease in no uncertain terms. But it was just one bail. The other one was still on there. And it was to obviously start an amazing career, an amazing, amazing cricketer. Proving himself just as effective in the one-day format, Warren took 12 wickets in the 96 World Cup with a match-winning performance of 4 for 36 in the semi-final against West Indies. Australia, though, went on to lose the final against Sri Lanka. But Warren and his Australian teammates won the 50-over World Cup four years later. Warren was named twice as the Wisdom Cricketer of the Year in 94 and 2004 and named one of five Wisdom Cricketers of the Century. There were, though, controversies both on and off the pitch. The day before the 2003 ICC Cricket World Cup, Warren failed a drug test, returning positive for a banned diuretic, after which he was sent home. He faced a one-year ban from organised cricket. But he returned in 2004 and in the third Ashes test of 2005, he became the first bowler in history to take 600 test wickets. Former England bowler Steve Harmison played against at Warne in the 2005 Ashes and believes he was simply the best. He's touched so many lives. We'll still be talking about Shane Warne in 100 years. Yeah. People will still be talking about Shane Warne in 100 years. And I think that's the biggest compliment I can pay Shane Warne. Mm. We talk about Don Bradman. As, a, as an icon of the game, in 100 years' time, cricketers will be still talking about Shane Warne. Everything about Shane Warne was that good, the man and the cricketer. Warne retired from international cricket in 2007, following Australia's 5-0 Ashes clean sweep of England at home, also retiring from first-class cricket later that year with Hampshire. At the time, he was the all-time leading wicket-taker in Test cricket with 708 wickets. The spin bowler would continue to play 2020 franchise cricket until retiring from all formats in 2013. He worked regularly as a commentator and a pundit where his personality shone through and despite being England's nemesis for over a decade on the pitch, his larger-than-life character, boundless energy and enthusiasm won over cricket fans around the world and his passion for the game was clear for all to see and hear. The former England cricket coach David Lloyd shared a commentary box with Warren on many occasions. He was an immense character. And talk about rock and roll, he knew everybody. Commentary boxes are tiny. And the door opened and he walked in and I'm looking forward, I'm looking at my monitor, I glance round and I see this kid. I'm not sure, I know him. I know this boy. And he come and stood behind me and, and watched what was going on. He said, Sheeran just walked in. 
with warning. His death was announced just 12 hours after his final tweet when he expressed his shock and grief at the death of another Australian great, the former wicketkeeper Rodney Marsh, who also died following a cardiac arrest. So let's begin by hearing from the man himself, shall we? He was uh, with Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs back in 2018. And he began by talking about how he got into cricket. I love playing football. That's all I ever want to do. My dream was to play AFL football um, for the Saints and try that. And then my world was sort of shattered when they sent me a letter saying, oh, your services are no longer required, basically saying you're not good enough. Um, so at, I think, 19 years of age, I was sort of like, what am I going to do now? Uh, I delivered beds. I was uh, working for a jewellery factory. I was delivering pizzas on a Friday night. <laughs> Uh, I did a couple of semesters studying accounting at Moravan Taste, mm. uh, but nothing really grabbed me that much. And I came over to England in 89 and played cricket and um, sort of fast-tracked because in Australia, when you play league cricket or club cricket, as we call it, you might bowl on a Saturday, bat the following Saturday, the next Saturday bat, the next Saturday it might rain, and then the next Saturday you might bowl. So you might have a bowl every five weeks in a match. Mm. where here I was playing four or five games during the week for six months. So I really sort of that 10,000 hours hours theory, I suppose, of just bowling, bowling, bowling. Um, I really sort of fast-tracked my development of bowling leg spin, came back after that and played first-class cricket, and then a year later I was playing for Australia. So it all happened very, very quickly. Um, Had a taste of international cricket and said, right, that's what I want to do, and then I tried to become the best cricketer I possibly could. Playing for Australia, I mean, it's, it's a great honour, isn't it? But there's always a lot of politics surrounding the baggy green, surrounding the captains. You've, you've got quite a bit to say, haven't you, about the captains you played under? Yeah, I was lucky enough to play in a couple of terrific captains in Alan Border and Mark Taylor. Those guys were superb. Um, you know, Alan Border was probably the toughest cricketer I ever played with uh, and saw. And Mark Taylor was probably the best captain with his communication skills and understanding of spin bowling. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed those guys. It was um, amazing. Australia, of course, are in Pakistan for the first time in the best part of a generation. And uh, the current Test captain, of course, Shane never managed to captain his side. Pat Cummins paid an emotional tribute to a man he idolised. Warnie was an all-time great, a once-in-a-century type cricketer. And his records will live on forever. Um, we all grew up watching Warney, idolising him. We all had posters on his wall, um, had his earrings. Um, we we love so much about Warney. Um, you know, his showmanship, his charisma, his tactics, the way he, he just willed himself and the team around him to win games for Australia. And probably above all else, his incredible skill as a leg spinner. Uh, so many guys in this team and squad who uh, you know, still hold him as a hero, their all-time favourite player. And the loss that we're all trying to wrap our heads around is huge. Um, it's been a really tough day, a couple of days for Australian cricket after the passing of Rod. We just wish you know, the best to both families, especially Shane's parents and his kids. The game was never the same after Warney emerged. And the game will never be the same after his passing. Rest in peace, King. England Test captain Joe Root uh, broke away from playing for England in a warm-up in Antigua. And he spoke to our man out there, Rory Donard. We're just really shocked, you know, and, and really sad to, to hear such a legend of the game 
fast serve suddenly. It's been a, a week of it, really, hasn't it? So, um, difficult one for, for everyone involved. You know, a huge amount of respect for him, and as I say, just condolences to his, his loved ones and his, you know, his family and friends. Thanks, Joe. Joe, where, where were you when you found out you'd arrived at the ground when this news broke? Did you all sort of find out as a team? Yeah, we, we were. We just started the game, um, and it sort of filtered through the dressing room. And, um, yeah, as I say, it's been quite a quiet dressing room this morning off the back of it. It's, it's, um, see everyone quite quite hard if I'm being brutally honest. Yeah. And I think I think his sort of legacy as a cricketer is fairly established. But any specific personal memories? Did you, I don't know if you ever faced him even in a a knockabout kind of way did you ever get a chance to stand 22 yards away from him no I, I didn't get a chance to play against him um, not even in practice but I did get a chance to sit down and, you know, and talk cricket with him and I fondly remember that um, a couple of occasions where we had two or three hours and his energy for the game his love and passion for the sport um, and just you know wanting to see it played at the, at the absolute peak of its powers is it was evident to see you know he just he really loved the game of cricket, um, and it was great fun to be around. I'll be honest; every time I spent time in that for you, it, it was great fun. So, deeply saddened to, to hear this news today. I mean, anyone who passes away is obviously very unexpected, um, but just you know, obviously after the news we had the day before of Marsh, and then to obviously hear about Shane today was you know devastating um, for the world of cricket and. Um, you know, obviously, people like myself and, and plenty of other people around the world have got to know him personally very well. Um, it's very sad, but I think a reflection of him as a man, not only as a cricketer, was shown today in the tributes that have been paid to him. Um, you know, a legend of the game, one of the greats, and you know he gave so much time to everyone, um, and I think that shouldn't be overlooked. You know, as great of a player as he was. Um, I think the, the man that he was needs to be respected as well. Shortly we'll hear from uh, Australian cricket writer and my mate, Jarrah Kimber. We were actually together for a couple of hours this morning, just, uh, I mean, an hour before the news broke. He's written some brilliant words, so go and check that out. Uh, but first, here's a former England bowler and now mate, Steve Harmison, another mate. We're all mates, really. Played against him in that iconic series in 2005. And also Mark Nicholas, who wrote his biography, and, um, you know, just couldn't have spoke warmer words about the man who he'd uh, become such firm friends with over the last 20 years. Both joined H&J on TalkSport to give their reaction to the news. This is one of the greatest cricketers there's ever been, but much more than that, he's one of the most inspirational sporting people that's ever been. He he turned a whole generation around to a new type of, in a way, a sort of rock and roll cricket. He, he played it to an extremely high level, as I say, one of the greatest that has ever played the game. And yet, he always was an entertainer. He was never compromised by his art from what he really valued, which was, you know, loving the fact that people so loved watching him play. Amazing guy, extraordinary energy. I mean, the only consolation that I can come up with sitting here is that and he gave this life a good crack. I mean, he, mm. he fitted more in in his 52 years than most of us do in 90 of them. Yeah. I wrote his book with him, um, mm. and I spent a lot of time with him in my life. We were very close, and what would I say? I would say that I would trust him with my life. I would say that 
I would rate him as one of the great enthusiasts for anything. I mean, he was up for anything. I would say that his stubborn streak worked for the good of the game in that he wouldn't compromise on things he didn't believe in. And I would say that of all the people you could imagine being a terrible loss, he's top of the list, really, because he gave so much. I say you summed it up well. He gave so much in so many areas. I mean, this is a, this is a desperate blow. I, I, I keep thinking of his dad and his kids. You know, his dad's a marvellous man. His mum's a marvellous woman. They will be... Uh, I, I just... Yeah, it's devastating. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, it's only only twelve hours ago he was he was tweeting about the news of Rob Marsh that we discussed just now. Yeah. Shane sending out a tweet saying how sorry he was to hear the news, and and um, we'll bring Steve Harmison into our conversation. Good afternoon, Steve. Good afternoon, everyone. I mean, don't everybody in a complete and utter state of shock over this? I mean, you got to know him well over the years, didn't you? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm literally uh, sitting sitting by my computer and my daughter just come in with a phone and you know I work obviously from a, a cricketing family like Mark was just saying there about you know his kids and that and daughter's come in got a tear in her eye and she said dad look look at this on the phone it was, like, it was, a, it was a tweet from the Barmy Army about and it's it's heartbreaking you know last night a, a great a great mentor to me in my early career losing Rod Marsh was was one thing but but Shane Warne, I, I literally, like Mark, Mark knew him a hell of a lot better than than I did. I played against Warney, got to know Warney the character, got to know Warney as a as a friend and and somebody who I think he is the greatest cricketer I ever ever seen. And I know you, you say things when you know bad things have happened. He is the for me, he's the best cricketer in in, in the modern generation that's been in, in my lifetime and possibly just before that as well. And the thing about Shane was he's such a competitor on the field, but when you did well, if you he was so respectful of the game as well because you'd see him shake people's hands, clap when they did well and getting fifties and hundreds and things like that, and that was a that was the the man that was Shane Warne, and it is so heartbreaking. It really mm. is because he's like Mark said, he he's gives so much to this game. Yeah, I know that we're saying about what he's give to life and he has had a good crack at it, but he gives so much to this game. He yeah. really he, did. Even, Steve, even in 2005, when he was coming towards the end of his sort of test playing career, he was still a fearsome opponent, wasn't he? He was always a, a, just brilliant, even with the bat as well as the ball, of course, where he was one of the greatest, probably the greatest leg spinner of all time. And we all remember his introduction into test cricket, the ball of the century in was it 93 or something Three, like that. Yeah. 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 And... Uh, you know, from that moment onwards, you were always watching an artist with the ball. He was such a brilliant, brilliant player. You were. And in 2005, just epitomised what Shane Warne was, the, you know, the great side of Australia. Yes, you know, England England beat them. Shane got 40 wickets in that series. He, but he was probably, he was he was more of a handful with a bat than he was because we the stubbornness that he was as a character and the way he was and what epitomised Shane, the way he played the game was you'd just seen Kevin Peterson walk off within the ashes and he didn't even get past the 30-yard circle. Shane Warne was there shouting at him, shaking his hand, saying, well done. Yes, Australia had lost the ashes, but that was the character of playing against Shane Warne. He'd give you, he'd give you, he'd give you a fearful amount of stick when you were, you were in battle, mm. but he was also respectful and he... And listening to him commentate, you listen to him talk about the game and the way he was... 
in and around the game. He lived he, he lived his whole life for the game of cricket, yeah. and he gives so much to the game of cricket. And uh, you could probably hear my voice. I'm, sure. I'm just devastated. He's died at 52. It's, it's horrific. Mark Nicholas is still with us. Mark, the other thing that comes to mind is what a great mentor he was of cricket. As I remember, we used to chat to Sean Udell, and Sean used to talk about his presence at Hampshire and how mm. important he was and how he mentored young players, how supportive he was. And maybe that's something he didn't get as much credit for as he should have done. Yeah, I uh, look, it's all... It, 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 he's got a... You know, there's a portfolio of achievement in, in that life that it can be matched by very few and... All of it is at the is at the you know top of the top of the ladder. Really, it, it, there was nothing that he did he, that really that he did badly. He was a hugely committed human being, um, and you know he, when I said earlier, at least he lived a full life. He, he every single thing he did was sort of slightly on the edge in a way. You know, if he played golf, he'd play for a bit more money than anybody else. <laughs> you know, he was just one of those people that if he drove you somewhere, he kind of revved the car a bit more than anybody else. If, if he, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know, I'm a bit stuck here. I, yeah. yeah, no, no, absolutely. the most amazing people I've ever met, and I think it's just terrible. I'm going to chat to Jared Kimber, regular voice here on talk sport, uh, filmmaker, um, journalist, uh, statistician, um, an Australian, of course. And as we said, ov- overnight, it's sort of what, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning for Australians. They'll be waking up to this news, Jared, and I'm sure that the nation will be in a state of shock. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. You know, I, I grew up in Melbourne. It's Aussie rules football is the biggest thing in, in Melbourne, obviously. It completely dominates everything from the political chat on down. And for, you know, 15, 20 years, Shane Warne was bigger than Aussie Rules football. He was almost cricket on its own in Melbourne, uh, completely dominated everything. I mean, my, my, my story of my childhood is I started playing uh, cricket as, as a young leg spinner, believe it or not, before Shane Warne came on the scene. Mm-hmm. I was the only leg spinner in my competition. Three years later, every team had two leg spinners. You cannot, you cannot even understand how much he changed. Melbourne, Victorian and Australian sport. He's just, you know, they once gave him his own chat show. And as you know, he's not exactly the most talented person. They just gave him his own chat show because he was Shane Warne, right? That's, <laughs> that, he was that famous. He got his own chat show. Yeah, there, he had a brilliant sense of drama too. The 700th wicket to take it, you know, in an Ashes test at the MCG was perfect, wasn't it, for him? Yeah, I mean, you know, he was... You know, his nickname was Hollywood and it was partly because he dyed his hair and because he wanted to be famous. But he really, he just had this amazing ability to be the most important person in any given moment. You know, 99 World Cup, you know, that gadding ball that you played before, you know, dismissing Andrew Strauss, the 700th wicket. Again and again, he was just absolutely captivating. And it's, it, he's not a fast bowler, right? Or a great batter. Like almost everyone else who'd been famous in cricket before him had been one of those two things. No one cared about spin before Shane Warne. It was, you know, people were talking about it as a dying art and he on his own sort of revived this just by being bigger than the sport itself. And uh, I mean, to to show you guys just played that uh, commentary of Richie Benno, I had a poster on my wall that was just the commentary of Richie Benno (laughs) of that ball. That's all it said. It just had a picture of Gadding looking back at his stumps and it had all the words of, you know, Gadding has absolutely no idea what happened to it. And then there's a slight pause and later he says, still doesn't know. 
Like that phrase yeah. was so famous um, and everything about it. Like, he, I mean, for those who don't know, he was also, I think, the first Nike cricketer. Like Nike came to Australia oh, to get Shane Warne involved. And there's like photos of him with Michael Jordan when Michael Jordan's in his pomp. He was that level of famous. And I think also, you know, as an England cricket fan, that every Ashes series, he'd say he developed a new ball. <laughs> Even if he hadn't, he got in the minds of the batsmen. It wasn't yeah. just that he was a brilliant bowler. It was also psychologically the way he played well, the so game. We'll, we'll bring Steve Harmus in his still was. We'll chat to uh, Jared again in a moment. Uh, Steve, that, that was true, wasn't it? Before every Ashes series, you guys were involved in, you, you know, Shane would have something to say about that. He'd be trying to get inside your heads. Zooter or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, he would. And uh, you, there'll be this footage of, of Nasser Hussain describing that uh, playing in, in the Ashes just before sort of my time and you would you, I think to, to sort of go off Nasser's words where he said Shane Warne would come over and he said he would have like 52 different balls and Zuta and all, all that that come and just batsmen just shouting to Duncan Fletcher get videotapes of this and get videotapes of that and in theory it, it, he, he had two or three cricket balls that he bowled were so devastating but it was just it was the mental side of Shane Warne which, which put batsmen under pressure Jared mentioned Hollywood but I've said this many times before when people ask me what was it like when playing against Shane and, and the best way I'd describe it is when you're standing at the non-striker's end as a number 11 and you, you're not meant to be out there for a while, you know, for a long time. Mm. I found myself watching him. That's how you know, everything that's going to be said about Shane in the next oh, hours, months, weeks, years is true. You stand at the non. I found myself standing at the non-touch striker's end, not concentrating on what was happening with my partner at the other end, just because I was watching this amazing character, an artist at work, and you just, you just got, you were just, you engrossed in what what Shane was and you know he did have this aura about him he did have this figure about him which met him that, that he was the level of greatness that he was and yeah. we're talking about Jared mentioned Nike and talking about a, a cricketer this is this is this is world sport this is this is up there with anybody in in, in world sport for me Shane won't put cricketers on on the map and he he was the one that really had had people around the world looking at cricket because of largely down to one man and one character. It wasn't so much the bowler, it was the character of of Shane Warne and that's what makes it so, so sad. Absolutely. And he had great longevity and uh, Jared will remember this. He, he, am I right in saying that he had to remodel his action, didn't he, after sh- shoulder surgery? Yeah, I mean, a, a generation before, he probably disappears. He just happened to hit the right time with Australian sport and, and that they had the money to send him overseas. His fingers fell apart. His, his um, shoulder fell apart. He, a human being is not supposed to spin the ball as much as Shane Warne did, right? <laughs> you know, and, and part of his physicality was when he was young, he had leg problems and he actually dragged himself around in this little cart and he had these incredibly strong shoulders. Harmy will tell you, you watch Shane Morn standing next to a normal spinner and he, physically he dwarfs them, right? Spinners aren't built like, you know, uh, like Aussie rules footballers and Shane Morn was. And so you, you're right, Andy. He had two different careers. He had one career where he spun the ball probably as much as any human being has ever spun the ball. Mm-hmm. And then he had another career where he basically tricked people into believing he was still that guy from when he was young. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was all this... I remember talking to another leg spinner who Shane Warne said was more talented than him, another guy that came up through Melbourne. And I said to him, if Shane Warne said you were more talented, why didn't you make it my debut 
and why did uh, why did he? And he said, if I got hit for a four, I'd look at the batter like I'd made a mistake, and the batter's looking at me like I've got him now. If she, if Shane Warne got hit for four, he'd look at the batter as if to go, that's exactly what I wanted you to do. Thank you for stepping into my trap. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> Steve. Um, there'll be lots of stories, I'm sure. Uh, you know, as once this all, once we try and take this in at the moment, but. There, there, it will become a celebration after this period of shock and people will talk about him not just as a cricketer but as a man and as a man who, who liked a social and you were very fortunate to have shared a beer with him in a dressing room after games and, and I'm sure socially as well. So what was he like away from the cricket field? He's the most amazing human being. He was. He had time for... He had time to talk uh, about cricket. That's why he's, it's... it's it, what you're going to hear in the next few you know, hours, weeks, months, years is the the character of of Shane Warne, especially from his teammates, but even even the opposition when when he was in the dressing room, he was behind the scenes. There was this this character that Mark Nicholas described that's fit a lot of a lot of stuff in 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 52 years, and he's infectiousness. He was a generous man, a generous, and I mean a really generous man to a T. And 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 somebody, I, I, to be honest, guys, I don't even think words is, could be good enough to describe what Shane Keith Warne was as a cricketer and as a person. It, it really is. It really is. It's uh, it's yeah. I sit, I sit here. I sit here. Very very difficult. Having you yeah, and this is somebody that you played against for the whole entire of my, all of my international yeah. career was played against Shane Warne, and that from a you know, it's going to be it's going to be you're right a celebration of a of a fantastic a fantastic character and a fantastic life that is taken so so early, but you are going to hear from names from all around the world of sport and in and in show business business and in life. Mm. Because that's 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 the mark of the man and what he touched other people's lives. He's a, he's an amazing man, and and I, I just can't I can't bear I can't think of what it's you know from a from a family point of view. I, I really am struggling now. No, I understand. But Jared, um, <clears throat> as we said, Australians be waking up to this news. It's been a, a dark twenty four hours for people who love Australian sport, not just cricket. With Rod Marsh as well, it's it's just awful, isn't it? I mean, two men from different eras. And you know Rod had, had been ill, um, but this I think this will shock people to the core. This news when they wake up in the morning. Yeah, it's also you know for Victorian cricket specifically. Obviously, it's not that long ago that Dean Jones passed away, mm. um, and Dean Jones is not universally known around the world in the same way that Shane Warne is. Uh, but in Victoria, they've one and two, right? You know, you know one and two with Merv Hughes sort of as the as the third guy. Um, so, you know, Victoria, I think, probably barely gotten over the, sort of the, their feelings over Dean Jones, and now um, Shane Warne has left them. Rod Marsh is, I mean, Harmy will be able to talk about this. You could get Gareth Batty to talk on about this. I think Gareth Batty was in Rod Marsh's first international class at the academy. Um, Rod Marsh has basically trained the world's cricketers. He taught cricketers how to be professional, now, which is hilarious when you look at Rod Marsh because he looked like a big drinking, you know, slightly overweight guy, but he was an incredible athlete and he changed world cricket, Rod Marsh, in, in the coaching and the coaches that he coached that went around the world and went on. Um, just two absolute giants of the game, one sort of in front of the camera and one sort of behind it, I suppose. 
known as well to so many we're, we're seeing mm. pictures uh, Steve of uh, the guys in the pavilion over in Antigua the, the England players playing in this warm up game and because he continued travelling the world continued commentating would chat with a current crop you know all these boys currently playing cricket out there and, and the course, Windies players as well in India too because yeah. of his effect in the IPL the first season of the IPL he won it with the Rajasthan Royals and so yeah. he helped launch this thing that's become the biggest thing in world cricket now yeah. you know so a big part this is this is not him. really someone Harmy was known to just a generation of cricketers he's I mean he was known to all generations the current crop uh knew him as well yeah absolutely and uh, Ben Stokes played for him last year and mm. or the year before at Rajasthan Royals when Warney was there as coach, mentor, or I'm not sure what his, his, his full title was, but I think he was in charge of, of, of the cricket side um, in Rajasthan. So Ben Stokes would have seen an, an, an up close and personal with, with Shane, but he, he's commentated on, on the TV for a number of years now in England. So when you're on the field of a morning, you get a chance. You know, during my time, Playing, you always seen the sort of Sky commentators or the the you know the radio commentators who are on the field and around, and you were there to have a conversation with. You were bouncing off ideas. You're all in the same same circle. So you know the, even even the young guys who didn't have the you know, fortune to play against Warney, they've they've always been in con, you know in connection with him. And yeah. they've grown up. We yeah you know, we've all grown up watching you know, that great Australian side. Glenn McGrath, Shane Warne, the combination of the two, and so that he's touched so many lives. It's and he will, it will still be talking about Shane Warne in a hundred years. Yeah, people will still be talking about Shane Warne in a hundred years, and I think that's the biggest compliment I can play, pay Shane Warne. Mm. We talk about Don Bradman as a as a as an icon of the game, and we all refer back to the Don Bradman, Don Bradman, who. Who was of of the thirties and thirties and forties? In a hundred years' time, cricketers will be still talking about Shane Warne, not because he was that good, but everything about Shane Warne was that good—the man and the cricketer. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... 
England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. First ball in Test cricket in England for Shane Warne. And he's done it. He started off with the most beautiful delivery. Well, that has turned about two and a half feet. Gadding can't believe his eyes. What a start for Shane Warne. Mike Gadding bold Warne for four. England two for 80. You're listening to the following on podcast from Talk Sport as we continue to pay tribute to Shane Warne, who's passed away aged just 52. And the tributes uh, for one of the greatest of all time continued on H&J throughout the afternoon on Talk Sport. Uh, you'll soon hear from Mike Gatting, who was on the receiving end of You Know What. But first here is uh, his former Sky Sports colleague, Bumble Lloyd, who had this to say. He was a pure cricket bloke. We can talk about him as a rock and roll character. He was generous to a fault. He lived life to the full. He was Peter Pan. But when it came to cricket, he championed the game. And he championed young cricketers, especially spinners. I can understand it. and I can see what he did at Hampshire with the children. And this is what I do. This is our ball spinner. Let's see what you can do. And he, he wanted it to be fun. He wanted spin bowling to be fun and to smile at the opposition when they hit you for six, and to have great fun around the game. But he was deadly serious about cricket, and the way that it developed, I mean, there's so many of us, you mentioned Mark Butcher, and people who've worked with him, who will be devastating, because he, Australians call it mateship, mm. and he was top of the tree. There is that uh, kind of a man of contrast to an extent because there was that kind of slight larrikin feel about him with a bleach blonde hair. But at the core of it was this genius, you know, a natural talent. But you don't, you know, you don't get as good as he did just trying to get by on your your God-given talent. He worked incredibly hard at his craft. I've seen so many of them with that DNA, the the larrikins, the full-on. We have one, he and both of them, exactly the same. Sleep is an inconvenience. Life is life is to be lived, and Shane Warne was in that category. He had this God-given talent, and he was so grateful for it that he would always want to put it onto somebody else to help someone else. This is how I do it. Let's see what you can do. Every young spinner, I've I've been in that commentary box throughout with him in Australia for Channel Nine and here in the UK. And throughout that time, if there's any young spinner came into the game at whatever level, he would go and talk to him every time. I never knew him not go to a young leg spinner and to, to work with them, to give them a pat on the back and almost to say, look, you're, you're carrying the torch now. You're carrying the torch for leg spin. And he was an immense character. And talk about rock and roll. He knew everybody. Hmm. 
you, you know, people say, "Oh, I've got I've got his number here. I'll give him a ring, male or female." He had the lot. <laughs> he, he he knew everybody. He t- I'm, I'm commentating. I, I don't know how long we've got, but yeah, carry on. I'm commentating and turn around. Commentary boxes are tiny, and the door opened and he walked in. And I'm looking forward. I'm looking at my monitor. I glance round and I see this kid. I, I thought, sure, I know him. I know this boy. And he come and stood behind me and. And watch what we're going on. I thought, all right, grand lad, he's keeping quiet and getting on with the job. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yeah. He said Sheeran just, just walked in with Warney. And I've got a pair of specs on. And they were they were from a well known co- company that do spectacles. And and they've got a tint to them and it's a their range called Kylie Minogue range. And Warney looked at these, he said, Them's Kylie Minogue glasses. I said, Yeah. <laughs> He said, he said, I'll ring her up. He, he, he rang her. He rang her. Not only did he rang her, but she turned the telly on, sees me with these glasses on. She sent me a lovely note and a bottle of wine. It's <laughs> amazing, isn't it? And if a sportsman can be an artist, Shane was, wasn't he? The way he bowled, the, the flight. He had a unique flight, I think, of sort of aim towards leg stump, but it would die on the batsman or it would spin away. You, you couldn't tell if it was a straight on. He really was brilliant, wasn't he, as a bowler? Well, th- there will be a technical term for this, lads, but I will call it fizz. When he let go of that ball, it used to fizz. You could hear it. You could hear the thing going through the air with that many revs on it. And technically, if he's got revs on, the first thing it's going to do is swing in before it bounces, and then it's going to spin the other way. Now, you might know what's going to happen as a batsman 20 yards away. That's fine if you know what's going to happen, but you've got to deal with it. And he's the best I've ever seen. I mean, there's some great, great bowlers. Murali was up there, Muralitheran, who could make it fizz and spin and do this and that. But Warren, for me, is the best there's ever been. Well, as we said, you will see an awful lot of that ball of the century, I'm sure, over the next 24, 48 hours. And the man who uh, was batting that day joins us, the former England captain, Mike Gatting. Good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon. Not such a good no, I really appreciate you coming on, Mike, and uh, the two of you will uh, forever be linked, won't you, because of that ball? Yeah, I suppose you will, but just before I go any further, I just have to just pass on my my, my, my sister, his mother and his family, because uh, they're going to miss him horribly, I suspect. Yeah, of Absolutely. course. I mean, it, it, it seems to have... I mean, so, you know, it's just such a shock, isn't it? I don't think anybody. We saw pictures of him recently. He's in good shape. He's been looking after himself. He said the shredding has begun. He's been exercising. He he was feeling good. So it's it's so shocking to hear this news. It is, yeah. I mean, you know, we were just sort of you just think of the many times we've been seen him on the cricket field and and just all the people's lives he's influenced and. Um, and all the good things that, that uh, a lot of the good things that people didn't even know he did uh, off the field with with kids and hospitals and stuff like that, and um, we'll all remember him certainly as cricketers from from what he did on the field. And um, uh, people don't don't quite understand sometimes all the good stuff he did off it as well. Yeah, that's coming through, and uh, that, which is a good thing. Did I mean you presumably you must have discussed the ball at a later stage when you both either retired or something like that? Oh, look, we. Uh, <laughs> we we did initially uh, quite a bit uh, in Australia when we had Ashes tours and that sort of while he was still playing. We we sort of uh, went around and did did some bits and pieces and just talked about it and had a bit of a giggle and uh, 
you know, he always he always said, you know, he'd be forever grateful to me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, missing that one because uh, obviously it uh, it gave his career a bit of a launching pad. Yeah. But um, you know, the fact was, it was a you know he's been a fantastic cricketer, fantastic for the game, uh, fantastic for the kids he inspired, and um, and uh, a very good friend. You you look genuinely surprised on the day. I mean, how much had you heard about him before you faced him? Uh, not a lot. I mean, he'd done a couple of tours to India, I think, in West Indies, and he'd, he'd bowled a few, and, you know, he, he had the uh, ability, so we told to turn the ball quite a bit, but, you know, not quite like these days where they've had sort of loads and loads of footage and you'd, you'd see it before he'd even got there. But, no, we, uh, we'd, we'd, uh, we'd, we hadn't seen much, but... Um, you know, we played a few test matches against Abdul Kadu, who was another fine, fine leg spinner. So, you know, not only played knew what it looked like and, and, and whatever, but uh, you never know how much it turned. That's when it hits the pitch. What was it like to face him then, beyond that ball, uh, Mike, as a, as, a, as a batsman? Look, you know, the, the fact of the matter was with, with Warney, um, so accurate, he could, he could uh, you know, he wouldn't bowl too many balls. I mean, they'd try and convince him he had all sorts of different balls, but, you know, he had... <laughs> Three very, three very fine deliveries, which was a leg break, a, a very good, uh, and a toppy that, uh, you know, McGoogly, you could see reasonably well. He didn't mind you seeing that, but it was the others that, uh, you know, he did. But he didn't give any bad balls, and, and you know, um, but he kept it simple. And he, and he just, he was a, just, a, they say, the amount he turned it and and whatever. And, and on that with the, the chat from behind the stumps was often enough to confuse people <laughs> about something that wasn't coming down. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, true. Yeah, it was just a, an amazing, just an amazing sort of uh, cricketer who, uh, you know, so sad to lose so early, so much more to give to the game. Yeah, absolutely, in terms of coaching and commentating, all the things he gave to the game. Leg spin bowling is such an important part of white ball cricket now. It's almost another of Shane's legacies, isn't it? I mean, early part of the IPL, and now you know top, T20 team doesn't have a, a decent leg spinner. Well, no, look, look you, you, you just look around the UK when when you think, uh, you know, the influence he had when he was at Hampshire and uh, to see the, the amount of leg spin bowlers around the UK, which we, we had none before, and yet in the sort of 50s and 60s and 70s, there were, there were a number. But now we've got them back because of Warner's influence and, and the excitement that uh, he gave them and... Uh, and the inspiration he gave them to, to, to bowl the leg breaks and show what a wonderful art it was. Um, but he certainly took it to, to the heights, and there have been many great bowlers in, in, over the years, but uh, I think people will probably say that Warren is probably the best ever. And, and great in the commentary box as well, Mike, wasn't he? I mean, he, he had that, that you know, he gave you the insight, he, he told you, gave you expertise, but also a great deal of enthusiasm and, and joy and humour in his work. Oh, indeed, and he was such a combative person as well. He, he, um, but he was, a, he was a very fair guy, you know, if he did well, he'd, he'd come up and congratulate you, and, and he was, really was a sort of a, an amazing sort of cricketer. I mean, it was sad he didn't have a captain in Australia, I think. Mm. Um, a lot of the time you say, well, some of those great players weren't great captains. But I actually think Warney might well have been a, a very good captain because he was uh, quite had a bit of empathy for the people that he liked. He had a lot of empathy, but he for the people he didn't. Sadly, he he was he was pretty sort of uh, you know straightforward when it came to that, um, and he was always very loyal to his friends. 
Yeah, it's interesting. David Gow said the same thing about yeah. captaincy. Felt that you know he, he should have had that opportunity, but and it very much played hard. But we hear a lot, and not so much now, but about how at the end of the series, the teams would go and have a drink together, and I presume he was really good at that on those occasions. Yeah, he certainly didn't leave much in the dressing room <laughs> as he didn't on the field. He certainly lived life to to the full whilst he was whilst he was living, sadly, and. Uh, the same when he played cricket, you know, he 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 gave it everything, um, and uh, yeah, you you, you just uh, yeah, it's just uh, it, like like lots of great cricketers who who we've sadly lost so early, and Malcolm Marshall being another one, but yeah. uh, you know, Warney, uh, it's just it's just uh, just such a, an amazing, just a huge shock to see that you know we're not going to hear from him or listen to him or have a drink with him or you know listen to him. Telling me how good a ball it was again, you know, you just, uh, yeah, it's difficult to take. greatest cricketers there's ever been but much more than that he's one of the most inspirational sporting people that's ever been he he turned a whole generation around to a new type of in a way a sort of rock and roll cricket he, he played it to an extremely high level you're listening to the following on podcast and talk sport as we continue to pay tribute to Shane Warne who has passed away at the age of just 52 uh, the uh, leg spinner captaining Hampshire for three seasons in county cricket and his former teammate Sean Yudal joined Andy Goldstein and Darren Bent on drive alongside myself on TalkSport to react to the news. Just shock, just just can't believe it's happened. I only exchanged messages with him over the weekend and he was in good form going off to Thailand to get fit and healthy and look after himself and all of a sudden this news comes through a few hours ago that's just devastating, I mean... I don't quite know what to say and how to deal with it and how to handle it all because it's just mm. unexpected and just a total tragedy. I mean, what a waste of, a, of a, an amazing cricket, one of the best of all time, and, and if not the best of all time, but also a wonderful man and a great human being. We were we were chatting in the break, myself, John Norman and Benty, about, mm. you know, this. obviously we've got multiple screens on here and they're all, of course, on, yeah, yeah. on Shane. And we were just yeah. saying that every picture of him, you know, he's laughing and joking about. And I said to John yeah. in the break, I said, it's, it's difficult because you've got to find that fine line of... You know, talking and, and understandably sounding really sad because it's horrific news. But also, you, yeah. we have to celebrate his life because he was not just oh, not just a genius, but just a, an unbelievable personality, which is what cricket and all sport are constantly crying out for. Exactly. I mean, he was just such a wonderful human being. Funny enough, I'm sat in one of the pubs we used to go in, which is the Queen in the Dummers, just having a beer to um, celebrate his life, and because that's what he would have wanted. And and that's how he used to live his life, was, was through in the fast lane. And there's been a lot of rubbish written about him, but he was a wonderful human being. Um, his life was one to be celebrated. He brought joy to millions of people. He raised millions of pounds for underprivileged children in Australia and in England. Every time I had a charity day for my son, who's, who suffers from autism, he used to turn up and pay for his own team. Um, he used to donate an auction item. He used to be very endearing and, and, and chatty to anybody that used to ask him to have a chat with him or share a sign an autograph. He was just a wonderful human being and it's just such a tragedy. I don't know how to really describe any more than that, to be honest. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because, I mean, I was going to say what made him so special because it's not just cricket fans, as you said there, that are that are saddened by his loss. 
it's yeah. absolute sports fans in, in general. I mean, he's he's one of them characters we know that kind of transcend sport. It's not just cricket fans that love him, it's all sport fans in general. Is that exactly. all them things you've just said there is what made him so special? Yeah, I think he's one of the few cricketers in the world that can go anywhere in the world and be recognised. And I think that's a, a great testimony to what he brought to the game, what he brought to life. His vibe and he was great fun to be around. He was, it was never a dull moment. And we shared some great moments when he came to mind. He made a trip from Melbourne to my 50th in, in Basingstoke in, in two years ago. Um, a special trip to come over and join me for my for my party. He was at my son's christening. He's, he was just... He was just a great human being, and a lot of rubbish got written about him. But he was—he was a very special man. He, if you—if you, if you got on with him, and he cared for you, and, and he liked you and stuff, and he'd do anything for you. But he was just a—just—I just still can't believe it. Mm. I was going to say Melbourne to Basingstoke, not—not not Googled too often, no. I would imagine. <laughs> no, um, there was a lot of expenses to be claimed back on Mars. <laughs> yeah, there was, I'm sure. <laughs> um, listen, let me take you back to that time where you became teammates at Hampshire. What I mean, yeah. he was an absolute superstar. I can't—I e- can't even understand what that must no. be like for anyone at Hampshire. But of course, we'll, we've got you, so we'll concentrate on how you felt. How did you hear the news, and what was it like when he turned up? Well, it was it was amazing because he was taking my place in the team. I was number one spinner at the time of the club, and then he came in, and I thought, well, I can't really argue that they're bringing in the world's greatest ever spinner to take my place. So I remember going up to the airport with Robin Smith to pick him up, and, and he was just full of life, full of buzz, full of energy, saying how we were going to win every game that we possibly we were going to play in. Um, we're going to win the league, we're going to win the cups, we're going to win everything at all. Um, but he was he was just uh, he brought an energy and a buzz to everywhere that he the ever everyone he ever touched, everyone he ever spoken to. So. It was it was it was weird having. I, mean, I think he was very nervous as well because of the reputation that he had as being the greatest spinner that's mm. ever lived, without a shadow of doubt. And he was trying to bring success to the club, and then he took over as captain, and we went from, from strength to strength. So, what would it have been like for you? Because of course, if you would have been maybe a teenager just coming into the game, you could have, you know, sat and he could have taught you lots of stuff. But you've got one of the. Oh, he still did. Oh, well, I was going to say, you oh, know, I've was he doing it. stuff oh, with man. the ball that even you were like, hold on, can you, can you just show me that off spin well, I mean, again? He was a freak. I mean, he bowled leg spin, I bowled off spin, so he was he was totally different to me. But he, he, he gave me belief. He would do little things like bring me on to bowl before he probably brought himself on to bowl to give me confidence. And so I'd say, well, you have a go first, mate. He said, no, no, you'll get him out. I won't get him out. You'll get him out. And sure enough, sometimes it worked. So it's just the little confidence things that he gave you. It made you feel very good about yourself. I would never play Test Match Cricket for England if it wasn't for the same I'd forever be grateful. I know you guys were teammates and you were both, as you said, spin bowlers, but you must have faced against him in the nets in training. I mean, what was it like facing one of his balls? I played against him. <laughs> that was bad enough. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't just the, 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 the ball that he was delivering. It was the, the verbal and the presence that he had. He was the presence of a, of a great, which is what he was. And he, if he didn't get you out, he'd talk you out. <laughs> um, but he was just phenomenal. The most incredible uh, winning spirit and attitude and determination I've ever played with. And I've played with some great cricketers in my time. They're very fortunate. But he had the, great, the biggest will to win that I've ever played with. And, yeah, and I'll never, never, ever forget the man. Um, let, let me ask you finally, Sean. Um, a word that's been used a lot is aura. There's a, a massive aura, yeah, a great aura around him when he walked into a room. Have you have you ever seen that since or before? No, no. There was two great cricketers I played with. Well, a lot of great cricketers, but two of the all-time greats. Malcolm Marshall, Hampshire, the, the West Indian fast bowler. And, but Shane had this presence about him when if he walked into a room you didn't even need, he, didn't, he didn't even need to say a word and he knew he was in the room it's just one of those people that, that his presence spoke volumes for everything that he did but more importantly than all of that he was just the most wonderful human being he did so much for the people that he loved and cared about and he's going to be deeply missed whilst the former England batter Mark Butcher was someone who actually had success against war remember the old uh, 173 
back in uh, 2001. He was also on Drive on TalkSport. I just feel numb about it. It's just ex- mm. it's extraordinary that somebody who literally lived every every second of his life as though it might have been his last and seemed, um, you know, in a sporting sense to be indestructible, um, is no longer with us. Yeah, sad. And, and Mark, what, what are your memories of Shane, uh, your personal experiences with him? Um, well, I mean, he was he was just a brilliant, brilliant bowler. I mean, that's that goes without saying. Um, he, he was so good at times, you felt that he was trying to keep you in just so that he could have a bit more fun uh, with you before he got rid of you. Um, he, he he was, um, you know, he had such mastery and control over over his art, and he also brought that to sort of like to the entire arena. He kind of had mastery and control over over everybody in it whilst he was the the main man performing. Um, you know, and off the field, he was just he was just as larger than life um, off the field as well. Just kind of incredible positivity and kind of fun and um, life and. Uh, you know, every, everything about him was kind of was something that you couldn't you couldn't take your eyes off mm. for two seconds because something was going to happen when Paulie was about. Mark, let, let me ask you. I um, I'm not the biggest cricket fan in the world. My knowledge of cricket isn't that great. Although over the last few hours, it's certainly um, been upped by um, tenfold. Uh, ben is exactly the same. But I, of course, knew everything about Shane Warne because of his character, his playboy image, his lifestyle, his personality, and sport always is crying out for personalities like that to, to push it. You know, with, with football, I mean, there's quite a few we're blessed, actually, but George Best is one that jumps off the page. With mm. Snooker, you've got Jimmy White. How important do you think Shane Warne was, and still is, um, for um, the cricket's appeal to be spread worldwide? Well, I mean, when he, when he first came on the scene, um, I suppose sort of the English public started to know about him um, back in 1993, on that on his uh, first Ashes tour, mm. uh, and, and this is this is even before sort of the you know the the, the ball of the century to, to Mike Gatting that kind of you know, that gets replayed um, thousands and thousands of times a day around the, around the world. Um, you know this this kid with the the bleached blonde hair and the big diamond earring and kind of you know just he, he wasn't cricket you know at the time it was still pretty pretty staid and pretty um, uh, traditional game. And he kind of bucked all of those. You know, now everybody's got spiky hairdos and, and <laughs> tattoo sleeves and, and earrings and all the rest of it. But Warney was different um, right from the very beginning. Um, and it wasn't a, it wasn't an act. You know, it was no like all of the, the characters that that you mentioned that there are throughout all sorts of sports. Some of them maybe maybe it's a persona, something that they put on in order to be able to go out there and perform. Um, you know, feats of magic and whatever. But for Warney, that was just how he, that's just him. That's just his entire lifestyle. He came straight off the beach, St Kilda in uh, in Victoria, um, and, and it just happened to be cricket that he was brilliant at. You know, so there was there's no um, there's no affectation to Shane Warne. It was what you saw was what you got, um, and what you got was plenty. Mark, would you say that he's then one of them the athletes that kind of transcend just cricket? Because we've we've seen a lot of people make kind of moving tributes to him about how good he was as a cricketer. But you've mm. just said it there yourself, him as a person, like larger than life character, um, is that what separates him from the, the rest? No, I mean, well, what separates him from the rest was just that was how brilliant he was. It's because you take that away, and then he's just another he's another guy, right? Um, but, but, um, but one thing's for sure, you know, he. he He's sort of, if you had Rolodexes in these days, um, you know, it would be full of the, of the greats of, of sort of rock and roll, of, of acting, of 
um, you know, of all of the sort of the, the glamorous professions around the world, because he was the sort of guy that kind of, you know, he fitted in in all of those circumstances. Um, and people, even if they didn't follow cricket, they kind of, you know, you, you find out who Shane Warne is pretty quickly enough. Um, and he was always right at home in, in that sort of company. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it, there's, a, there's a sense that, um, you know, they got, they, well, put it this way, the game was definitely richer for having him in it, that is for sure. Mm. Um, and he, he, made, he made spin bowling, um, spin bowling cool, for goodness sake. Um, it's the least cool thing in the world, by the way. But he, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean. We kind of, you know, all of a yeah, sudden, right. there were generations of kids who wanted yeah. to, wanted to bowl leg spin. Yeah. Um, spin bowlers were were sort of started to be, and particularly in particularly when you're talking about sort of in English cricket anyway, and in Australia to a certain mm. extent, it was always the fast bowlers, always the, you know the the, the Dennis Lillys, the uh, the Darren Goss, the Bob Willis's of this world. Mm. Um, who kind of always took the headlines and everybody wanted to be a fast bowler, the great West Indies teams, etc. And all of a sudden, this guy bowling at sort of, you know, less than just under 50 miles per hour was kind of the most mesmerising um, uh, mesmerizing player, the most mesmerising turn on the circuit. Um, and that sort of flipped the game on its head and made, uh, made that art... Um, just as desirable as the uh, as, as the quicks were. I think we've seen today, Mark, uh, an incredible outpouring of of love actually from people that knew him, like yourself, and people that didn't. Mm. And I think one of the main reasons for that is is because of his personality. He was that kind of guy that everyone wanted to, you know, visit the bar with, sit down for maybe a couple of hours and have a drink <laughs> with. Most of us, most of us, sadly, never got to do that. I'm guessing you did a few times have a drink with him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, Warren wasn't much of a drinker, funnily enough. Um, you know, he was, he, he's kind of, <laughs> his, his great thing was, um, you know, his, his diet was cheese toasties and, and, and 20 B&H, you know, it's kind of, which is perhaps, <laughs> perhaps not, to, not the way, not the way to go, kids. I've got, I've got to tell you. But that, was, um, but that you know, that, he, he wasn't, he was never much of a drinker. He kind of maybe played up to that kind of, um, that, that image, because that's very much sort of Australian cricket, I suppose, as you know, the, the lads um, breaking the beer record, flying over from Australia for an Ashes tour. That wasn't really him, but he, you know, he'd, he'd be out all night, sort of in the clubs, dancing, all that kind of stuff. He had that—that that was kind of more his scene. Mm. Um, however, you know, in, in company, you know, the, the last time I spent any time with him was during the England um, Test match against India um, at the Oval last last year. And so, you know, when you're in the in the room next door, when it's when it's your, not your t- turn on comms. You know, he literally, he, he held an audience, you know. I mean, it didn't matter whether it was blokes who played 150 test matches or guys that had come in from, from other TV studios or other sort of famous personalities who popped up to come and, to come and sit in the commentary box. Well, he would just sit there and hold court and he'd be able to tell you stories about, you know, from, from people like Ed Sheeran to, you know, you name it, to the, the most famous people in the world, to some bloke that he'd met, you know, getting on the tube to come to the ground. Just the story just poured out of him. Um you know, and it just—it seemed as though that wherever he was, there was some sort of action going on. Whether it, mm. whether it be uh, the sort of thing that you can you can put in the newspapers or the sort of thing that would turn up in the newspaper, <laughs> it didn't matter. It was, um, you know, and that was warning. It was, mm. uh, it was an incredible person to to be around, and um, you know, it's just I, I still I still think it's a prank. Mm. Warren, of course, started his test career in India and he made a huge impact there as well. Captain in the Rajasthan Royals to an IPL triumph in its first year. Here's Indian cricket commentator Harsha Bogle, who also joined Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And I was privileged 
to, uh, to to believe he was a friend. He didn't need to me. I, he didn't need to be. I was just another commentator, journalist, enthrall of, of the art of leg spin bowling because I was a little bit at school, college, but I just loved leg spin bowling and I could not take my eyes off every time I saw Shane Vaughan bowling. And then to get to know him, to see the combative side to him, to see the generous side to him was was a very moving, thrilling experience. He was, you know... There's so much talk about him being a larrick. And of course he was. He lived on the edge. Of course he did. That's what made him the magician and the genius that he was. But he had a lot of time for people he called his friends. Absolutely. He had a special relationship with India, didn't he? Playing and coaching. And he he was greatly loved there. That comes across with what Sachin has said there as well. Look, that an Indian broadcaster, other end of the world, has a tear in his eye. I think tells you a story of what he uh, what he meant to so many people. Mm. Oh, we loved him in we we loved him in India, and he loved it. He was a huge, huge part of the early days of the IPL. He, it was him and Graham Smith and a couple of others, four four senior cricketers and seven children, who went and won the IPL mm. in two in two thousand eight. And he, it, I, I once spoke to Yusuf Patan, who was a young man at the time. I spoke to Ravinder Jadeja. They would idolize him. They'd look at him, eyes wide, and say, are we really playing with this man? And he have time for all of them. I mean, I remember Yusuf Patan told me the story of how he was, un, he was yeah, he'd had a bad day. And on the way while passing, he just knocked at his door and said, one guy doesn't lose the game. The team loses it. Sleep well. I just walked on. And he said, in Hindi, he said, it's not a player. And he said, such a big player telling, coming into my room and telling me that. So, once, once you're on his side, he was he was very generous to Jadeja. He was very generous to Patan, and he loved leg spin bowling. You know, you you tell mm. him, Warney, there's a six-year-old leg spinner there. Can you take a look at him?" And Warney would say, "Yeah, let me take a look at him. I think he's bowling a decent leggy." You know, so he he was like that. I, I actually saw him, and I don't know if I'm going on too long. Nope. I actually was with him in in the commentary box in Fox at Fox Sports in 2018 when Kuldeep Yadav had taken five wickets and Kuldeep is about as big a fan of Shane Warne as they come and every day he would pester him at the nets as Shane Warne was going by and when he took five wickets he said the greatest thing for me is that I did it in front of my idol now I'm sitting next to Warney in the commentary box in Fox and you would have you would have thought Warney is this bashful guy he's, he's just someone's just said yes to him on a date or something he was he was coy he was happy he was he was almost you know all fluffed up and happy and that someone said that about him, there was that other side to him too. So that's it really. You've been listening to the following on podcast and our tribute to Shane Warm. Uh, we'll bring you more reaction on the Cricket Collective this Sunday evening on TalkSport from 8pm. For despite being England's nemesis for over a decade, we have to celebrate what he brought the game as well. And we will be doing that myself, John Norman, Neil Manthorpe and also Steve Harmison. And uh, we'll obviously be joined by some of the big names just to look back at Shane Warne's career, but also um, look ahead to the cricket t- that comes. It's uh, it's going to be difficult, but that's what we'll do. The game of cricket will never, ever be the same again. Thanks for listening. Shane Warne, that's absolutely exactly what the Australians needed. Amazing guy, extraordinary energy. I mean, the only consolation that I can come up with sitting here is that well, he gave this life a good crack. Well, bowling around his legs, beautiful bowling, superb control, power just lunging forward. In 2005, just epitomise what Shane Warne was. First ball in Test cricket in England for Shane Warne. And he's done it. 
He started off with the most beautiful delivery. Gadding has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. Kenny Palmer just gave him a raised eyebrow and a little nod. That's all it needed. Didn't give any bad balls, and, and you know, but he kept it simple. He just had this amazing ability to be the most important person in any given moment. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.